Hello, and welcome back to The Hill and Valley. This is Nick Roby once again. We have a very special guest here today on the podcast. We have Clemson's own Terrence Oglesby, two-time graduate, eight-year uh, professional overseas, and now working for the Field of 68. He is joining us again on the podcast. T.O., how's it going? Thanks for joining us. Uh, special guest is strong. That's just that, that. That's a little too much there. I'm I'm a was a Hill and Valley veteran. I've been on here before, so I don't feel like I'm yes. all that special. No, thank you for thank you for having me on. We're so close yet so far away. It feels like schedules are coming together as far as uh, what games I'm going to have be fortunate enough to call. So I'm looking forward to that, and then also just looking forward to college basketball being back in general. Uh, the, I need it in my life because I just enjoy it so much. And I'm happy that we get to come on and talk a little bit about it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, we're having you on Clemson basketball. It's right around the corner. I mean, it's November 7th. We're we're right on the corner for another uh, big season. And I think it, this is going to be a very interesting season, like we were talking about right before we started recording. It's just there's just so many things of just like there's so many of this fun freshman class to watch. I mean, Got PJ Hall another year going. I mean, it's going to be a very interesting team to watch, especially with like them trying to make the NCAA tournament. So I'm excited. Um, And also, I think sometimes Clemson fans, we get so into football that sometimes basketball season sneaks up on us. And I was like, we're going to get right rolling right away. We got South Carolina game two. I mean, I'm excited. Yeah, game two, which could be good, could be bad, depending on how you look at it. Because PJ Hall, you alluded to him. Like he's one of the best players in the Atlantic Coast Conference, and when you whenever you're the best player or one of the best players in the ACC, you're one of the best players in the country. I think one of the big things, Nick, uh, that you look forward to is how is he going to do early in the season? Because as soon as last season was over, had foot surgery, then and he's out all summer, and then he comes back uh, in August and then does something to his knee, has a minor knee surgery. So he had no offseason whatsoever. He had no preseason whatsoever. And then what happens? You play South Carolina in game two, but you're a little bit older than South Carolina because South Carolina is in the middle of a rebuild with Lamont Paris and Gigi Jackson, the number one player in the class of 2023, reclassing to 2022, and then going and playing for the Gamecocks. There's a lot going on there. They're inexperienced. Uh, PJ has a chance of being out of shape. Obviously, we don't know how that stuff is going as far as is he practicing? Is he not practicing? Is he is he yeah. going to be cardio-wise ready to go in game two? Uh, that's a big concern, but you open up November 7th against Citadel, and then you go straight to South Carolina, uh, the rivalry game. But I'm caught up in football too, Nick. I, I mean, I come to all the Clemson home games. I enjoy being a part of it. But basketball season is slowly but surely creeping around a corner, as you say. And there are a lot of different unique storylines to this season, uh, especially with the Clemson Tigers. There's a lot going on with that program. And it's going to be interesting to see how a lot of those younger players kind of pick up the slack moving into this season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm super pumped. And I think it's just like a very interesting, like we're saying, a very interesting storyline. So just recapping last year real quick, uh, they went 17 and 16, 8 and 12 in conference. So finishing 10th, um, Brad Brownell is going into his, he's been there for 13 years. I think it's going into his 14th year. Um, interesting notes from the Almanac too. Um, shout out to Field 68. I was really enjoying that. Um, 
they haven't had a losing season. They did a nice season. job, but they did a nice job with that. I, I wasn't a big part of it, but they put. I want to say it was uh, you know five or six thousand words per team, every team in the country. I mean, we're talking MIAC even. Like, yeah, uh, it it was incredibly well done. But I, I, Just, I was yeah. not a part of that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, you weren't, but you're, you're doing your own thing too. I love it. So between, between the two of y'all, I, I would say like, if you haven't, if you haven't gotten to, and you just want to know some more about each team between the two of y'all, I think you can be, you can be ready to go on pretty much anybody you want to know. Um, but I was just some impressive stats. They haven't had a losing season since 2012, 2013. Yeah. So they kept that streak going, but we do lose four of the top seven scorers and we have been to the postseason for the past five years. It doesn't feel like that as much, but two and two, when you count the NIT as well. So it's very interesting. I mean, you have the new AD with Graham Neff and, you know, he's staying on. Who's been here for a while? Who's been, he's here, been here for a while? For a while. It's not like he, he's, he did, they just moved, moved him up and that was the right move. I mean, Graham Neff is a very, yeah. very bright person. Like that was, oh, yeah. that was the correct move. That's what needed to happen. A hundred percent. It's, it seemed like it was a done deal as soon as, you know, Radakovich moves on and, you know, it, it seems like, it, which by like, the way, Nick, by the way, <laughs> by the way, do yourself a favor and never uh, tweet out an AD is leaving uh, before they want it to happen. <laughs> Cause I did that with Radakovich and got in uh, so much trouble. I thought it was common knowledge. And I tweeted it out. What a bad idea that was. I went to Clemson prison for a solid two weeks. So oh, like, man. I didn't even know Clemson prison was a thing. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. Good. Good to know. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. I did, not, I did not know that was a thing. Maybe that's um Oh, it's a thing. Uh, I, yeah, there you go. That's hilarious. Yeah, so just new AD and it just seems like it's Brad Brad wants his team and needs his team to go to the tournament. It just seems like or whether they might have to make a move. And I know the fans are are wanting that too. And but it's a very interesting team to try to make that happen because I, I think also you lose maybe a little bit more than you might be thinking. And, and, you know, you don't get a guy like Llewellyn. We don't have a true point guard necessarily for, for, for the, for those, for those who don't. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, he was a Princeton transfer that committed to Clemson in July. I believe it was Nick. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, six, three, six, four point guard, really, really talented former top 100 kid just decided to go to the Ivy league because he wanted a great education. Good for that guy. Uh, and it ends up, committing to Clemson, backing out of his commitment when an assistant coach elected to go to another school. And then when that happened, Llewellyn ends up at Michigan. Now you lose Alamir Dawes, you lose right. Nick Honor. Right. At arguably the most important position in college basketball, point guard. Now you, you look at the way the NBA's played these days, you can have a bunch of different guys bring the ball up the floor. The point guard position is not necessarily super important. However, yeah. in college basketball, it's huge how important yeah, that position it's is. It's paramount. Yeah. It's paramount. And you look at who Clemson has running the point this year, uh, it, it's going to be by committee. And when I say that, it's, it's Chase Hunter, who's been a two guard for the majority of his college career. And mm -hmm. then his brother, who is a freshman, and he's a very talented freshman, but he's still a freshman. That being said, I, the, the bright spot within that is. If you can just get it past half court under Brad Brownell, he's going to be able to micromanage some offense to get your team shots. It's yeah. just a matter of are you going to be able to get that ball past half court because you have a bunch of guys who aren't necessarily used to playing that position. 
Yeah, and you're probably going to expect some more pressure, like guys being picked up more when they know that that's a that's a pressure. Think about who they're playing. I mean, you you look at your league, like the ACC, North Carolina. Look at their league guards: R.J. Davis, Caleb Love. I mean, do they play? Do they play defense like every other Thursday? Yeah, but like if they decide to play defense on that one day, like it's going to make it hard. Uh, you look at somebody like a, like a Duke, Jeremy Roach, like a Virginia, Reese Beekman, mm-hmm. Kihei mm-hmm. Clark, like a Florida State, Jalen Worley, 6'5", Caleb Mills, 6'5", uh, Matthew Cleveland, 6'8". And the reason I know so much about Florida State is because I have them on opening night uh, for Raycom. So, like, you look around the league, guard play is really, really good, and then you're going to try to put in, like put some freshmen into the mix really, really quick, and you just got to throw them in the fire. Because it is not going to be easy for those guys uh, to get their footing, but you hope that they figure it out sooner rather than later uh, because you can't drop too many in the non-conference. Yeah, you really can't with the, I mean, Clemson's picked right now to finish between 11th and 14th based on, you know. Depending on who you talk to. Depending on who you talk to. And I think, honestly, we were talking about, I I think that's right. I think like you're just very inexperienced and you don't know when PJ Hall's coming back. So Mm -hmm. I, I, we can kind of for, talk for, for those who don't know. Sorry to interrupt you, Nate. But no, please. Yeah, know, it is very it is very expected for him to be very back very early in the season. Yeah, I was hearing like potentially for game one, game two. That being said, he hasn't played. Like yeah. he hasn't been in practice. Like I think yeah. he's gone through. I want to say you could count how many practices he's done on two hands by the time the season starts. Yeah. So it's like, how ready is he going to be? And when he's your best player. It's an issue, right? Yeah, when and, and when the offense goes through him, I mean, exactly, it, it really does, and it, it just changes everything. And that's that's what's going to follow up with because, like, you got PJ Hall who like is going to play, but you would probably maybe he's he would stamina wise he might play like half of a game. So you're looking at like a Shefflin, you're looking at a Middle Brooks, like going to get a lot of minutes. And so I feel like the offense changes a lot, not a lot, but like Which he's the center point. With. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so you can get away with that in a non-conference because if you look yeah. at their schedule, Citadel first, South Carolina second, mm-hmm. uh, South Carolina not huge in the front line. Like you can get away with a Shifflin playing a lot of minutes. He's somebody who can pass the ball. It, it, are you going to be able to limp along long enough to make it happen? I don't have their schedule pulled up here, Nick. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you do. I want to pull it I up do. real quick. Yeah, yeah. So what are their right first, what's their first five games? First five games are actually pretty. Pretty favorable, all things considered, because you got Citadel at home. You go okay. on the road to South Carolina, but that's a, a road game you're not on. That's a, with. that's a scary road game. It is a scary um, road game. SC Upstate. Uh, I think it's Bel- Belmire. Bel- sure it's Bellarmine who won Bellarmine. their league. All right. So here's where it gets tricky. And uh, so you have Upstate, who's going to be in contention to win the Big South. That's an underrated scheduling game because if they win the Big South, and they go to the tournament, that's looked at as a great win in the yeah. eyes of the committee. You move on to Bellarmine. Or they won their league last year, but because they're in the D2 to D1 transition, they couldn't go to the tournament. That being said, this year, if they win it again, they go to the tournament. You look at Loyola, Maryland, that's part of the Emerald Coast Classic. You look at Iowa, who mm-hmm. Fran McCaffrey always has those guys playing well. Chris Murray, brother of Keegan Murray, another good one. Penn State, the ACC or ACC yeah. Big Ten Challenge, another tough game. Penn State's getting better under Micah Shrewsbury. Really difficult game to win. And then you have Friday, December 2nd, 
Wake Forest with yep. Davion Williamson and Tyree Appleby, a Florida, a Florida transfer who can really go extremely quick. Old guards. That's tough. Towson unanimous, unanimously selected to win the CAA. So like, this is not an easy schedule. It looks like it's an easy schedule on paper, right? This mm-hmm. is not an easy schedule. Towson's really, really good. Pat Scary yeah. can coach his nuts off. And Rich, then you yeah. move on to Loyola, Chicago at the holiday hoops giving. Yeah. Like and, they and have he, dudes. And Richmond can play too. Like it, that's right. Like this, like to, when you get to Christmas, like the easiest game, arguably, after easiest game after Loyola, Maryland. The easiest game after that's arguably Georgia Tech on December 21st. Like, this is not an easy non-conference schedule. What I will give credit, and Dick Bender, assistant coach Dick Bender, that's his name, is excellent at scheduling. That mm-hmm. is a reason, even though Clemson is, oh gosh, who knows, whether it be, you know, three or four games above 500 on the regular season, they're going to be on the bubble because their non-conference schedule is really good. However, those games are tough to win. If you look a couple of years ago, they, they played Louisiana. They ended up going on to win their league. Like this is, there's a, there's an art to it. There's a reason why Wake Forest didn't make the tournament last year. It's because of scheduling. There's a reason NC State has struggled getting in the tournament when they've had decent teams in conference plays because of the non-conference scheduling. Clemson's knocked that out. This year, though, without a proven point guard, there's a lot of games that you can get lost in the weeds. So if they those freshmen are going to be put to the fire quickly, however, they are talented enough to where they should be able to carry the load for the most part, but they're going to have to grow up really quick. I got off on a tangent right there. I'm sorry, Nick. Oh, you're good. I love it. All right. So we we alluded to it, but what would you say, what would be your solution for the point guard play right now? You know, you got, we talked about like the hunters and and probably I would think Chase Hunter gets the first look, but what do you think? What would you think if you were the coach, like what would be the combo you would try to go with? Well, you look at a couple of different things, really. And Dylan Hunter is obviously going to be in the mix, but Josh Beadle is going to have to be ready a year earlier than what everybody thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. And he is very loose with the basketball. I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. He's going to throw it in a third row, but he's also going to be able to get downhill and he's going to have some finishes this year that are just crazy. He's super athletic. And if you're going to go to rock the John, he's going to be able to show you something as is Chase Honor. So if you're not, if you don't have that on your schedule, go and do Rock the John. I think it's going to be a fun experience for everybody because those two are really, really good athletes. Uh, The combination of Josh Beadle, Chase Hunter, Dylan Hunter, basically number zero, number one, number two, those three guys are going to be handling the ball for the majority of the time this season. How soon can Dylan get ready? How safe with the ball is Josh Beadle going to be? Because he redshirted last year because from a maturity perspective, I'm not sure he's quite there. That being said, the natural talent is there. So we'll see how that goes. The problem with letting Chase Hunter being the primary ball handler, you're kind of taking him away from what he's best at. And that's being an aggressive rim attack guard who can score in the mid range and find ways to be aggressive. If he's able to stay healthy, he's going to have a huge year. Health has been an issue for him as well. So you look at this team between those three guys, that's who you're going to have to have step up in a big way, but that's a red shirt freshman. That's a true freshman. And that's a junior, or I'm not sure with all the COVID stuff, that's a junior in chase Hunter who's never really played the point guard position as his primary focus. So with that question mark in mind, 
that's what makes you most nervous. But those three players right there, if one of the three can become a consistent 25-minute-a-game guy and hold it down two turnovers or below, like that's going to be a huge thing because if you just get that team in their offense, Brad Brownell is going to be able to get them shots. Yeah, 100%. I, I think – and you have some shooters. You got Brevin Galloway, um, younger brother, who I think is just ironic that he has his lights-out game in Clemson last year, and then he comes from BC, uh, has an extra year that he didn't know about, and then he came down. So he's going to be probably one of the guards out there. You got Alex Hemingway, who mm-hmm. I, I've seen some things people talking about him being a ball handler. I think he's a better fit personally no, as, he's a, as a wing he's guy. Not, he's not going to be able to he, – he's not a – He's shot not a creator for others. No. He, he's a shooter. He's a defender. He's a ball mover. He is not somebody that's going to light the world on fire and be a pure point guard. He he yeah. he is an excellent role player who will shoot above forty percent from three. He is insanely valuable because of that last part, and he's a very good defender. Uh, he he's just what he is is he's a solid piece uh, that's going to have games where he could shift the momentum of a game because he can shoot the ball, but he's not a he's not a point guard in that sense. Right. Yeah. I just, I've been reading that a little bit and I think just knowing the team, he just doesn't seem like that. So I, I could see like Hunter Tyson. I think he plays a, like him coming back. I think plays a major role from this team. Um, just cause you have PJ Hulse maybe coming back sooner than maybe we would, you're, you're trying to see him getting folded. So you having a, a senior guy like that is really big time, but who, so we're talking like who is like all these different pieces. It feels like we're having a lot of pieces trying to either fit new roles or freshmen trying to step up. Who is somebody, I mean, somebody we've already talked about, but who is somebody you're really looking forward to be like, this guy's going to step up in a new role. And we're going to be talking about that come December, January. You know what? That's a little bit of a hard one, but yeah. I, I think a guy, and I'm not sure how soon it's going to be. That's kind of the 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 hangup that you run into here, uh, because gosh, he's talented, and man, I've been to two practices, and both practices, you just sit there and you're just like, holy cow, this kid could be a pro later. He's just not quite ready yet, and, and that's the young man from Atlanta, uh, Chauncey Wiggins, six ten, two hundred and five pounds. He's playing the wing. He's not even playing the four position. Uh, because that's where his skill set lies. He's a little narrow-shouldered, but he's got good legs. He can really defend. He's long at that size, uh, can shoot the basketball, and can handle it some. Uh, how good is he going to be soon? That remains to be seen because a 6'10", 205, you're like, well, he weighs 205 pounds. Yeah, but he's 6'10". That's a lot of, that's a lot of bone. Like he, yeah. he just, He's a narrow-built kid. Is he going to be able to compete physically early? Uh, that's going to be a major concern. It, it, the first time I saw him during the summer, I was like, I'm not quite sure. A couple of summers ago, he, he could be good. Where is he going to play? I don't know. He gets to campus, and it's like the increase the, the increase in talent that he's playing against, his game just blossomed. He's a guy that moving forward, Clemson fans are going to be really excited about because he's about as skilled a big man that they've had that can operate on the perimeter since Dante Grantham. Mm. And now physically, I don't know where he's going to be at, but from a skill perspective at his size, man, like oozes potential. Yeah. I love that. Shout out though. I don't know how this happened, but we have three versions of hunters and two Chauncey's on this team. It's just very, it's just for when it comes to 
when it comes to names on this team. Good luck to the to the commentators trying to figure out all these. Well, I'm doing a, I'm, I'm doing a couple of them this year. I'm doing a yeah, couple of them. I, keep I, them straight. I, I'm doing Bellarmine, and I'm doing the Towson game. So okay. that's before Christmas. After Christmas, I'm not exactly sure, but those are the two that I've been assigned so yeah. far. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I've heard I've heard fun things about these freshmen, and I yeah, really good. I just, yeah, really good. Really good. I, I, now, how good they're going to be soon? That's the big question. Like, you know, bigs can adjust a little bit quicker sometimes. Uh, R.J. Godfrey, whose dad played for the Dallas Cowboys as a linebacker mm-hmm. for a long time, was a really good player. Like, R.J. is physically ready to compete right now. Uh, just because 6'7", 225, can go 3-4, can play some different spots. It's yeah. fairly switchable, you know, 2-4, through four, you know, 3-5, through five, something like that, 2-5. through five. It's just it, – is he skilled enough to play right away? But physically, he's ready to go from day one. Uh, Chauncey Gibson, uh, the other Chauncey, he, he needs time. He's probably out of the four freshmen. He's the one that – I'm not going to say the word behind, but he's not as ready to compete right now. He's going to be a very good player, but he's a guy that the, the learning curve is pretty steep because he went to a high school in Texas that has really good talent, but I'm not quite sure that he's learned how to play under somebody like a Brad Brownell. Mm. there's a lot of terminology there. There is yeah. a lot that's thrown at you. There's a lot of different defensive coverages there. It takes time for some guys. He could fall into that category, but that freshman class is really good, Nick. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, just uh, just wanting people to watch because I think like there's a lot of unknowns with this team, but I think, too, at the same time, there's a lot of upside. And I think if we, if as fans, you can get behind this team, I think it'd be a fun, be a fun one to watch. And I think just, they, but they might need a little bit of time to get going. But the problem is the the window's just not very long when it mm-hmm. comes to like trying to make the tournament and everything. So saying that, I feel like like the ACC is kind of split up into a little bit of tiers. You could probably say of just like where Clemson's, you know, Clemson we're talking about is fitting between like an eleven to fourteen. But you know, when you're trying to make the tournament, like I mean. You're looking at seven, maybe eight teams this year. Yeah, it's a you, better ACC this year. It's a better ACC. So you need to finish, you know, at least in that kind of a range. Right. Who are peers of Clemson that you're like, when when we look at the schedule, you're like, okay, Clemson needs to play well, needs to win these kind of games. Like they're like the the separators that make you from an eight instead of like a 12. Uh, man, you put me on the spot I mean, there. That, that's, that's, or, uh, you got to just win. like, you got to win. Like so here, Syracuse, here Virginia Tech. Ones. Yeah. Here are the tough ones Georgia Tech and Atlanta. Got to win it. Yeah. Can't not win that game. Right. Yeah. Uh, NC State at home. Got to win it. Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. It's okay if you lose that one. They've really got it going at a high level there. At Pitt, talented team, a little rugged. Dudes are always in trouble. Still got to win it. Duke at home. You hope to compete. Wake Forest at Wake Forest. That's a tough one, but that's one you got to win too. You play Virginia Tech twice, play Georgia Tech twice. Uh, Georgia Tech, you need to take care of. It's just you got to win the games that you're supposed to win. Mm-hmm. It's it's a f- fairly favorable schedule as far as the ACC is concerned because a lot of the big time schedulings towards the back half sure. of that conference slate, which is good when you have a young team, right? Yeah. Um, but there's not really an easy one. You go down, you're at Florida State January 28th. You're at Boston College. Earl Grant has got dudes up at Boston yeah. College and just like, where did that happen? Like, uh, Jim Christian had signed what? One four star kid. Earl signed four in one class in his first full year of recruiting. Like, yeah. things are going well 
up at mm. Boston College. Uh, Miami at home, tough one. At Carolina, Florida State at home, tough one. They're going to be much better. Like, you know, you're going to have to sneak some games that maybe you won't be favored in. But Brad has been able to do that. But looking at your schedule, like, the, the league is better. You need yeah. to take care of Georgia Tech. Yeah. You need to be able to take care of Pitt. You got to take care of Louisville because Louisville is going to be the Kenny Payne experiment is is very intriguing to me because I think he's going to get talent. I don't know that he's going to get Kentucky level talent because Kenny Payne worked with Calipari for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, and Calipari doesn't exactly he does some dribble drive stuff to create closeouts, but it's not overly complicated. Like, is Kenny Payne going to be able to put some things together to get his guys open? I, I, I'm intrigued. But they only have 10 scholarship players. I think not, actually nine scholarship players. <laughs> There's some holes there. Like you got to take care of Louisville. Uh, a lot of games that aren't necessarily favorable. It's just you're going to have to, if you can rattle off and go 500 in conference, that puts you in the yeah. tournament in my mind, pending how you perform in the non conference. But you got to go 500. That's what's going to ask you, like how many wins. And usually you want to go above 500. But if the ACC is stronger, you can, you can, mess around not mess around but you can get that 500 500, 500. yeah gotta hit 500 yeah so that all being said like we've kind of talked about this a little bit but as we're just kind of finishing up like when you think of like what's successful for this team i know the expectation you know especially for this coach like for coaching staff i mean they need to make the tournament but when you think of like from just a fan looking at this team like what feels successful to you like and and just for this this year like what feels like for realistic? the talent that they have for the talent yeah. that they have if they make the nit it would be a good year mm -hmm. it would be a good year if they make the tournament it is a great year that's and that mean what that means is they've put together a they've put together a hell of a season they've put guys in the right positions and their freshmen are much better right away than a lot of people expected and then that's on top of pj hall being really good and being good early because we alluded to their non-conference slate early in the season. There's a lot of really big time games there, Nick, like, like they got to be good and they got to be good quick, how quick they're going to be good. I mean, that, I, I feel a little repetitive in saying that. No, but no, like, I think it's a big it is thing. what it is. Like you, you yeah. have to be good in the non-conference. You have to show well, because those are where your numbers are at. Right. And then on top of that, like you have to go 500 in league in a league that's much better this season and I talked to two ACC head coaches. I went around to a bunch of practices, and I didn't report a couple of the practices I went to, but I went around to a bunch of practices. The majority of the league feels as if there's two tiers. We, we alluded to tiers. Uh, it's the first seven, maybe eight, and everybody yeah. else. Yeah. If you can creep towards the top of that second group, uh, you could you could make the tournament as a you know eleven twelve seed. Yeah, I like it. So there you have it. I mean, I think I think that's fair. Now I know, I know people have different perspectives on like you know whether or not that's acceptable for a program. But I think like when you're trying to build, I think that's that's still good because you're still making the postseason. You can build. They need on to make the they need to make the tournament, Nick. Yeah, like they like do. like speaking. And I'm, I'm I'm showing my fandom, and I'm showing my yeah. I'm showing my uh, my Clemson colors here when I talk to you. Yeah, uh, Clemson needs to make the tournament. I, yeah. I like 
I hate it when guys come around and say, oh, back in my day, like back in my day, we made the tournament both years. And then my, mm-hmm. and then my class made the tournament all four years. You should need to make the tournament. Mm-hmm. And the way that NIL is set up now, the way yeah. Clemson has put themselves ahead of the game. I, I mean, there are teams in the Atlantic coast conference that don't even have collectives in play. They have nothing in terms of NIL. I talked to several teams that were like that. They're just like, we have nothing. How can we compete with something like that? Clemson doesn't have that issue. Clemson should be getting dudes and they got dudes in their freshman class. Problem is a freshman, right? Yeah. And you got to find ways when you're that far ahead with everything else. Facilities are not an issue. Mm-hmm. Clemson has everything they need in terms of facilities. Academics are not an issue. It's a top 50 uh, public institution in the country consistently now, like oh, ever yeah. since I was in yeah. school. Like yeah. academics are not an issue. Location's not an issue. You're two hours from Charlotte. You're two hours from Atlanta. You have mm-hmm. two massive recruiting bases in the state of North Carolina, state of Georgia, and a national recognizable symbol in the Paul. You are now with a success of football, with the facilities where they're at, with something to sell, and the collective being where it's at, you need to make the tournament every year. Point blank, period. Need to make the tournament. And I think if Brad gets through this year, and it's a big – it's it's obviously yeah, on the tournament. It's obviously yeah. on the tournament. And the only reason I speak so flippantly about that is because it seems to be a pretty reoccurring thing. If he makes it through this year, I, I like the collective is going to take care of a lot of things on its own. Like the recruiting part, I'm not going to say it's out the window, but it's not far off. Like, it, like because now it comes down to, well, I don't want to move to here. I want to make sure that I'm getting paid X amount. And that's how recruiting has gone here lately. That's the direction it's going here lately. And with Clemson being ahead of the game, it's only going to help things. So you need to make the tournament every year. Clemson is in a financial position to do that. From a facilities perspective, you're ready to do that. From an administration perspective, you're ready to do that. All the support's there. you got to make it happen. Yeah. I I mean, I I think so. And especially when you're in the ACC, I mean, it's it's a perennial basketball conference. I mean, I know other conferences have been – jumping you know vying for that but you're you're gonna get eyeballs seen it's just a matter of like if you can jump on that so i think well, look, I think look, look at fair. your conference look at your conference yeah north carolina obviously has an io with jordan brand and all that stuff virginia and former national champion they have that caveat they have that going for mm-hmm. them they have massive boosters of virginia there's a lot of money that goes to that school duke duh they've been running nil for a long time and i'm not even going to start talking about that publicly uh virginia tech i'd say clemson is a little bit better off uh than they are miami that's going to correct itself you wait and watch miami that one guy who's paying all those guys it's going to correct itself i would put clemson pretty close there uh notre dame florida state wake forest has none they have no nil deal going on boston college has none nc state they're going to be able to start getting it going. They're just a little bit behind. You look at Syracuse, they should be, but I'm not sure that they're really jumping on board to do all that stuff either. Georgia Tech, none. Louisville does have some. We'll see how that goes. Pitt, they're the eighth sport in their city. So it's like like Clemson's ahead of the game. 
They're ahead yeah. of the game when it comes to all this stuff. They should be succeeding. Yeah. And I think that this being is, said, I mean, Nick, I want I want to make a disclaimer before you hang up on me. I want to oh make yeah, a you're disclaimer. Good. Yeah. The rules weren't really the rules until just now. So like there was some apprehension to spend some collective or try to use the collective at a high level because Brad and his staff have always done things the right way. And yes. I can assure you that that's true because I worked on that staff. There was no nonsense happening there. None. I mean, yeah. was there a phone call made by accident? Was there a trip made that shouldn't have been made? Like that is a very, 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 very minor thing. And it has come out and been public, but it is a very minor thing when you look at the broader scope of what has been going on in college athletics for the past 25 years. That being said, if they get through this season, I, I see a lot of positive coming out of that because of the way things are going. Yeah, I listen, I agree. I've heard great things about that. And I think, too, we've just been in such unknown, especially with even college basketball. I think even Yeah, so. yeah, it's, it's such an unknown. People don't know. And, like, and, you didn't know if the, you were going to get in trouble. You didn't know if you were not going to get – Or where even the okay. rules. Not yeah. okay. You didn't know. Yeah. So now that we are at least like, it feels like people are in like a more, people kind of know and Clemson, you're right, has been such on top of this. I think like there's so much support there. I think it's just like, now it's just like, let's let this thing grow and bloom. But I feel like this is a very important year for this Clemson basketball team. So I, I would say if you have the opportunity, go see this team, support this team. I'm super excited, but this is a very pivotal year. And if you want Clemson basketball to be back to where like in a consistent, like NCAA tournament, like every year type of thing, I think this is like, we need to jump on this and just encouraging fans of you an opportunity to go. Absolutely. Especially in the non-conference, like this team's a young team and basketball is such a, you feed off the energy of the crowds. That's just my disclaimer of like, if you can go, especially early, this team, super fun to watch, just a lot of new pieces to see how they fit. So that's my, push please go see them support these guys and i'm excited to see where this goes and i'm i'm really rooting for this team to to make the tournament and we'll i am see. too i yeah. am too i want to I see am it too. like i really am i i love those guys over there like like lucas mckay and and yeah. aaron stevens who was just hi- hired as a video coordinator and yeah like aj morris who's their who's their ga right now like i recruited him to come to carson newman whenever i was still coaching a division two like I want those guys to do well. Like Will Durham, Wes's yeah. kid, like great kid. I work for Brad. Yeah. I have a good relationship with Brad. I want them to be good. I really, really want them to be good. It's just the problem is now, Nick, is like it's my job to analyze what can and can't go wrong. So I don't want to be seen as a negative Nancy, but I also yeah. have to tell the truth of, yeah. of like, because that's my job. Like if yeah. I'm looked at as a homer and Clemson's going to win the ACC and they're a five, contender that's just not the case that's not the case it's just not true so like i can't go over there and browbeat people into believing this team's going to go you know the 30 and two it's not going to happen that way they need to get into the tournament and i think that's that's a fair assessment on my part and i don't want to be a negative guy that's the last thing i want to be that being said uh, they need to have some success this year yeah i think so too well well anyway there's here's to i'm hoping that come you know, come this time in like March and April, you get on a DTO and you can be like, guys, DTF, DTF. I knew that. DTF. We got, we DTF. go on Doster T on Fanta and we're, and I'm, and I'm talking crap to everybody about how good 
Clemson has been this year. And yeah, uh, Dylan Hunter is an all <laughs> ACC level freshman. And, and you know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to do that. I really yeah. do. Well, here's to, I hope, I hope you get to do that. I'm rooting for that just so I can see that, that Monday podcast. So shout out to that DTF. Um, they post podcasts every, every Monday, I believe. And that's a lot. Yeah, of we, we're going to be pushed back a little bit this cause, cause uh, Fanta's at St. John's today. I got to go pick up family from Atlanta and then, on Wednesday, I'm at I'm at SoCon Media Day. Thursday, I got a couple other meetings, so I think we're going to be able to put it out on Thursday. But once a week, it comes out. Once a week, That's it's a, a great fun show. It's a fun show, and like if you just want to keep up with basketball, especially there, it's a fun show from a lot of different perspectives around the country. So, so Tia, thanks for being on and making the time. Yeah, it's always of fun course. to. Yeah, it's always fun to talk Clemson basketball and get a little more inside. And it just makes me, I'm just ready to go. I'm like, why we have another like couple weeks before basketball? Know, now? I'm ready to go. It'll drive you nuts. It'll drive you yeah. nuts. Now a heck of a tune-up game, uh, Benedict college uh, coming in uh, as their exhibition uh, side note, side note, Benedict college's head coach. His son is a very good basketball player, mm. a very good basketball player. Um, He's going to be a junior this year, 6'6", unbelievable athlete, very good basketball player. Um, Trey Maddox is a kid's name. But good tune-up game. Citadel, good tune-up game. Going into South Carolina, which is incredibly important. And then that non-conference slate just goes, baby. It just goes. Like, you're going to have to be good. You got to hit the ground running. So, anyway, Nick, thank you so much for having me. I I, I tend to ramble. That's kind of my – my niche but thank you so much for having me man always of a course. pleasure to talk hoop with you yes thank you thank you so much well thanks guys for listening and we will see you next time talk to you later